I have a mindful parenting class beginning not this Thursday, but next Thursday. And I'm starting to think about how I want to put this together. It's the first time I've taught it. And I think it's very interesting that the time that I chose to finally um, teach this class, which is something I've wanted to for a long time, is to start the week after my youngest um, goes off to college. I'm sure there, there is some internal logic around that, that unfolding. But starting to think about the class, it's really making me um, consider where that lens of mindful parenting is useful for all of us, whether we are parenting um, kids, whether we're parenting ourselves, whether we're parenting our parents, um, um, just it's a helpful lens for being in healthy relationship in some ways, uh, in many ways. And so I thought I would share some about that here. And I want to start by saying for me, Parenting has clearly been the single biggest challenge in my life and the single biggest learning laboratory in my life, without question. Uh, due to some particulars in our family, parenting required of me a deep dive of learning. Far, and I think to some extent this is true for all parents. Uh, and, then, and then sometimes there are situations where we go a lot deeper than we ever understood that we would. What I learned from that, and learned this really quickly from the beginning, was that whatever healing I might have to offer in my family, it was directly related to what kind of healing I was learning to offer to myself. Whether we have kids or not, understanding this relationship is really fundamental. How we show up in the world is directly related to how we show up for ourselves. So what kind of relationship we are allowing to grow in any facet of our life. So what I thought I would do is offer a few questions for us to consider together. Uh, and the way I'm gonna do this, if y'all are willing to um, um, explore with me, is I'll put out a question for contemplation and just type in the chat room. Uh, one or two words that come up for you uh, with this idea. So the first is consider for a moment what kind of qualities you know are needed for any healthy relationship. What kind of qualities do you need to offer forth if a relationship is going to have this sense of well-being um, sense of, of healthy possibility. And it doesn't mean that this has to be perfectly reciprocated, but just from your end, what kind of qualities do you know support this for, for your own self? 
So we have trust, huge, and patience. Trust, patience, listening, respect. Um, yeah, all of these. Awareness. It's interesting how if we don't have this practice, we don't understand how often we're not aware of what we're even doing in our relationships. The reactivity is simply running the show without us even being aware of it. Love, patience, acceptance, and compassion. So take just a moment to feel into these qualities. And I'm going to read them out again. Trust, patience, listening, respect, awareness, love, patience, acceptance, compassion, and humor. Love that addition. Honesty and forgiveness. So if you consider having these qualities to offer, What ways do you know you have to support yourself in order to have these available to offer outward? Like, is it possible to have patience, acceptance, compassion, and humor for others if you are internally in a black cloud of striving, impatient judgment and ill will internally. So it's kind of, it's kind of helpful to consider what we all already know about what's needed for a healthy relationship. I mean, I just asked the question, and look what all just popped up there. Um, this, is, this is not news to us. We, our nervous systems are wired to know what intrinsically feels wholesome and good. When we're slowing down enough to listen, that information is there. Yet, we have this cultural, societal, family training to think that those are the things we should have outwardly for others. And we need to beat up on ourselves to get there. So I would really invite you to explore for your own self whatever comes up for you, whatever qualities are here for you. And let yourself know, what kind of relationship do I have to have with my own being, with my own internal world, in order to really have what I want available to offer outward? So I want to explore a little bit more around mindful parenting, and I really invite you to use what one of my teachers calls the universal translator. She said she got this from one of the Star Trek um, um, series, and it was a great term. 
that means mindful parenting might come out of my mouth and that may be relevant for you, may, may speak very clearly, but it may not. <laughs> it may absolutely not be a term that's relevant or not what's relevant for you right now. Uh, and so I invite you to use your, your universal translator and translate the term mindful parenting into mindful relationship building wherever that's most relevant for you. Uh, and know that that mindful relationship building, um, the relationship you may bring to mind as you consider this, is your relationship with yourself. Uh, that's where it has to start. Or I shouldn't say that. That's where we in our culture are most prone to want to glide over or approach in a different way. So three pieces, uh, three parts, when I think about mindful parenting, there are three parts that uh, are really helpful for me. One is knowing clearly my best, deepest wish for myself and what I'm bringing into this relationship, my aspiration for this relationship, and being really clear and grounded in my best wish, my best intention. Have that, that, and that's, that's, those are those, you know, you could go right back to that list that we just chatted out. Um, trust, patience, listening, respect, awareness, love, compassion. Knowing what I want to be bringing forward. The second one is, for me, the neuroscience that uh, the way we understand how our brains work now has been infinitely freeing for me, particularly freeing from judgment of myself and others. I need, if I want to be in a healthy relationship with my kids or anyone else, it doesn't help <laughs> that relationship for me to be going around saying things like, how could you be so, and then just fill in the blank of whatever judgmental statement um, might come up. That, those kind of wedges obviously aren't building a, a bridge of trust across us. Um, so I need some way to work with my own understanding when somebody's behavior feels unthinkable or confusing or out of control or um, unmanageable or just wrong. I need some way to understand in my mind how to put some perspective that allows me to move from confusion to being able to connect. And the model, uh, the neuroscience model, particularly for me, I've heard me say it over and over and over, the flipped lid, you know, understanding when we get entrapped in that survival part of the brain that does not know how to function well in normal world and causes endless pain, suffering, grief, 
that that um, that understanding and what it takes to reconnect to a whole brain that can bring something different into a situation. That model for me is endlessly helpful. And the third one that I would say is just plain old mindfulness practice, which is always heart and mind. That is what allows me to stand in the moment and be able to draw from my intention, draw from what I know about neuroscience to bring some clarity to how I want to meet the moment. Um, I have to have some way, particularly when things are intense, to have some, some skillfulness of standing right in the heart of that. So for the rest of our time, uh, I want to look at one of these, um, uh, and that is clearly knowing our best intention for a relationship. I heard a saying once that has always stayed with me, the key to everything is the way you start. The key to everything is the way you start. Keeping our deepest intention in our minds and hearts really allows us to reorient again and again to whatever the most helpful um, orientation is for that. So intention is kind of like the compass uh, that brings us back on the path of healing. We all flip our lids. We all, you know, we, we, we all um, totter over into the messiness ourselves. Uh, and, and to keep our intention clear and making sure that that intention is just not directed outward for others, but it's towards ourselves as well, helps us bring back, come back again and again and again. So I invite you to take a moment and bring to mind some relationship you really care about. Uh, if there's a relationship in your life that's really a struggle at the moment, maybe don't bring that one to mind right now. Bring one that is um, readily available to work with. And it can be with anyone you care about in your life or if what's mostly relevant right now is your relationship with yourself. Bring that to mind. How do I want to meet me? And then pause for a moment. Maybe take a couple of nice deep breaths in and out. Let yourself be curious about this question. Not so much seeking for an answer, but being curious what arises for you. What's your deepest wish? Your heart's intention. For what you want, really want to see blossom here in this relationship.
If you want to write those in the chat box, uh, feel free to do that. It might be that they're very similar to that first one. It might be that something else is coming up. Having some way to name our intention out loud can be useful if you wish. To listen better and not think I have to fix something. Acceptance. My intention is to be more aware of humor with others. Deep, compassionate listening. So whatever intention is coming up for you in this relationship, I invite you to now consider, oh, and then another one added up, patience. I have to be patient with <laughs> breathing and just pausing with the idea of patience. Isn't that so helpful? So for this week, I invite you to consider how you might make this intention alive for you in your day. How you might bring it into to the fabric of the day. What kind of supports do you need to be able to remember it throughout the day? And I'm going to put a big caveat with this. Um, it's easy for us to turn intention into um, unhelpful perfection practice. That's not what intention is ever meant to be about. I had an um, uh, example of this for my own self. Many, many years ago, I made a vow to myself that I wanted to live in a certain way that was in alignment with a deep wish to be compassionate with others in the world. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, really holding on to this intention and like moving through my day, carrying it. Uh, what I realized after a few days is that I was taking myself to a very dark place that was not useful. That was counterproductive to where I wanted to go with um, being with this intention. So I consciously let the intention go because I didn't know how to live healthily with it without it being some sort of perfection practice on me. In retrospect, it was very clear that the two pitfalls I was particularly practicing with were one, straining to be good, <laughs> really straining to be good. And the other was, it was all about care for others while throwing myself under the bus. So, we need to hold our intentions clearly, but with that lightness of a compass in your hand. The compass in your hand, it points the needle, but it doesn't like grab onto your body and force you down that path. It points the needle. So how do we hold that intention so it has that power of showing us the way again and again and again, but it does it with the lightness of a needle on a compass. 
So I'm going to finish again with um, um, this quote from the 18th century Tibetan teacher Shabkar. To meditate without kindness is simply to inflict hardship on yourself. So I would rephrase this to the whole of the practice. To practice without kindness for yourself is simply to inflict hardship. So for this week, I invite you to explore intention and what allows that intention to be a healthy opener and what ways might the intention become confused and not useful. Being open to exploring it all. So let's sit for just a minute. Thank you.